Hi, and welcome to the Postal Affairs Podcast, your source for the latest news on postal and mailing solutions, featuring your host, Alex Marcia, and Director of Postal Affairs, Bob Schimmick. Welcome to our Quadrium Postal Affairs Podcast. This is the recording for the week of November 26th. This is your host, Alex Marcia, and I'm here with our Postal Affairs Director, Bob Schimmick. Hi, Bob. Hello. How are you doing? I am doing well. Um, <laughs> this uh, this price change is continuing to be an interesting adventure. <laughs> I hear everybody's talking about it. So what about we get started and hit the ground running with the topics around the changes uh, for competitive price change? Does that Our, sound good? Yep, that sounds great. So yes, um, as noted here, um, One of the things that happened uh, shortly after the Postal Service filed for their price change was the industry started pushing back on, in particular, well, there's two items, but one in particular that they pushed back on rather hard on, and that was uh, the Postal Service's implementation of DIM weight pricing, and DIM stands for dimensional weight pricing. And this was a fairly significant change for the mailing industry, and given the short notice before the the price change, what the industry was saying is is they don't have enough time to prepare for it, make the necessary software changes, potentially even purchase equipment. And so um, that pushback went to the Postal Service. Um, it was noted as a concern to the PRC, and it was even pushed, <clears throat> several industry associations even pushed it up to the Board of Governors. And so... Um, the decision was made by the Board of Governors to delay the implementation of dim weight pricing until June 23, 2019. So that's a, a very big change now, and it, and I think it is a very welcome uh, change by the mailing industry to give everyone time to prepare because you know, like right now, we everyone in, is in, in the midst of the busy fall holiday mailing season, and there's a lot of companies that go into lockdown uh, right around this time of year where they don't want to be making any system changes uh, just so they don't cause any problems for this very critical time of year for the mailing industry. Um, so. Uh, there's a couple of components associated with this dimweight change, too, that triggered some additional questions, and the Postal Service has been actively working with the mailing industry to clarify it. So, like, one of the questions came up was, as a part of this new dimweight change, um, they also changed the divisor that is used for calculating dim um, from 194 to 166. So the question was, okay, d- does that change still go into effect where dim was already in place? Postal Service has come back and answered that, nope, uh, the change from 194 to 166 will also be delayed until June 23, 2019. So um, all systems remain the same in that regard. Um, One thing that is interesting here is that the Postal Service is still proposing to and is intending to eliminate the balloon surcharge come January 27, 2019. So um, even though dimweight pricing has been delayed until June, they're removing the blue balloon surcharge now, which is interesting because now for for this window of time from January 27th to June 23rd, um, these packages that would have 
traditionally been subject to the balloon surcharge no longer are going to have that char charge associated with it. So there's this a small window of opportunity where you're going to be able to mail, you know, essentially fairly light things at a reduced price before the dim weight pricing actually goes into effect later in 2019. One of the things that was noted was that all the other competitive price changes will take effect on January 27th as planned. Um, earlier when I first started talking about this, I noted that there was two things that the industry pushed back on. Obviously the dim weight one calculation was the one that received the most pushback, but there was also some pushback around the new zoning requirements for first class parcels. And um, the decision was made that that change is going to continue to move forward. So for the changes to first class zoning is still on track for January 27th. Mailing industry still needs to get prepared for that. Um, the other thing to note, you know, since our last uh, recording is that the PRC did approve both the market dominant price change and the competitive price change. So uh, where kind of th things stand right now is PRC, you know, since our last recording, the PRC approved both both price changes. Then it went to the Board of Governors for the implementation. The Board of Governors made the decision to delay the dim weight pricing, which means from a, just from a technical point of view, then that delay in implementation of dim weight pricing had to go back to the PRC for approval. We're still waiting for that approval. We're expecting it to happen very soon. Might actually come out before this actually gets published, but uh, we expect that to essentially be a pretty much a rubber stamp. The PRC will be okay with that. And then that will then make it official that dim weight pricing does not go into effect until June 23rd, 2019. The other thing um, for those that are doing anything with eDocs, you know, in particular, this is now switching a little bit more from parcels to letters and flats. But just a reminder, as we head towards this next price change, one of the things that the Postal Service has announced is for those that are using electronic documentation, mail.dat 17-1 and 17-2 are going to be discontinued. And so um, for those that are doing that, please take the time, look at your job, see what version of mail.dat you are using. And if you're still using 17-1 or 17-2, it's highly, re highly recommended that you take care of it now. Move up to a newer version, and the newer version is actually 18-1. So that uh, that's the one that to me would wor will work for every all your jobs now and it'll work for all your jobs as you roll into the new price change. Thank you for that update, Bob. So our next uh, topic is in regards to the Postal Service reporting the fiscal year 2018 results. So can you give us more insight in regards to that, Bob? Yes. So, you know, one of the things people might be scratching their head a little bit is just like, wait a minute, how can we be talking about 2018 results when 2018 is not over yet? But for the Postal Service, it, it is. And we just all have to remember, and I know we've mentioned this in the past, but the Postal Service's fiscal year for 2018 ended on September 30th. So now that we are in, you know, in essentially October, November, December of 2018 technically count as fiscal year 2019 for the Postal Service. So they're already into 2019, but uh, now they just recently announced their results for their fiscal year 2018. And unfortunately, uh, there wasn't a whole lot of good news to be reporting. So um, I got a number of 
interesting pieces of information that kind of show where we're trending. And unfortunately, like I said, not a lot of good news. Um, unfortunately, first class mail continues its downward trend. Uh, the first class mail volume was down 2.1 billion pieces. Marketing mail essentially has been remaining flat for the last three years now. So that's just kind of just sitting out there uh, fairly unchanged. Overall volume uh, across everything declined by 3.2 billion pieces, which means now that the annual uh, mail volume for the Postal Service is sitting at 146.4 billion pieces annually. Um, package growth is slowing, um, but you know there is still a little bit of a bright spot there. Um, so you know while package growth is slowing, uh, there was still increases here. Actually, the volume increased by 394 million pieces, which did contribute an additional two billion dollars in revenue. So. You know, some good news there. Uh, total revenue for uh, total revenue came in at seventy point eight billion dollars, which is up from sixty nine point seven billion dollars last year. So their fiscal year twenty seventeen. Um, unfortunately, controllable expenses were also up, and at seventy they came in at seventy two point eight billion dollars compared to seventy point five billion dollars. Uh, last year in 2017. So, you know, obviously you can see, <laughs> I know I'm rattling off in a lot of numbers, but when your total revenue is 70.8 billion and your total controllable expenses is 72.8, obviously you can see there's a problem here. Um, and unfortunately, the overall net loss that the Postal Service reported was $3.9 billion. And so looking at that and seeing how it compares to the previous year, uh, 2017, the Postal Service reported a loss of $2.7 billion. So it went from $2.7 billion last year to a $3.9 billion loss this year for 2018. Uh, compensation and benefits increased from $50.5 billion to $51.4 billion. Bob, I have a question. Okay. $51.4 billion, that is a big chunk of the total revenue, isn't it? It is, yes. So again, yeah, you look at total revenue came in seventy point eight billion, and compensation and benefits is fifty one point four billion. If you actually do the math on it, that's seventy three percent of total revenue. And so I think you know that is one of the one of the real issues that needs to be resolved if we are looking to get the postal service on you know sound financial footings, um, labor. And you know, compensation and benefits is just a massive part of the Postal Service's overall budget. Um, what's a little bit interesting here too is that um, the the labor agreement with the APWU, which is the American Postal Workers Union, actually expired back in September 20th, back on September 20th of of this year, and so. Um, the APWU represents more than 192,000 employees. Um, what has been going on since September 20th is um, the the union and the postal service have have been continuing to agree to extend negotiations month to month. But um, if they are not able to come to an agreement, 
the process is, then, then they go into binding arbitration. And I would argue that uh, I think binding arbitration is another item that has been a problem for the Postal Service because um, pretty much, uh, if you look historically, binding arbitration has always favored the unions. And so I know even in postal legislation, one of the things that had been talked about putting into a proposed bill, or I think it was in a, pro, in a proposed bill that granted hasn't ever been passed, but was for the arbitrator when it goes into binding arbitration to, con to consider the financial condition of the postal service when making their decision. Right now they don't have to. So that's where, you know, every time they go to binding arbitration, they, the decision typically always favors the union. And so that's where the, the costs over the years have, have been, you know, getting to where they are today. So, you know, for those that I'll, I'll try and keep the history lesson short though, but you know, for those that remember back in the early seventies, uh, the postal service actually went on strike or the postal service employees went on strike and caused all kinds of chaos within the mailing industry. And so, that's when postal reform legislation was passed in the early 70s. And one, and one of the things that was part of that was the unions were no longer allowed to strike. But in replace of not being able to strike, you know, they put in the ability for any time they cannot come to an agreement with the Postal Service, uh, they have this ability to go to into binding arbitration. And then whatever the arbitrator decides is the final decision and everyone has to be happy with it. And that's and that's the way it's been working since the early 70s. But I think we are seeing that, you know, continued favorable decisions for the union have have gotten us to the point where, yes, now compensation and benefits is 73 percent of total revenue. So like I, I'll, I'll get off my soapbox now, but that, that is, I think, one of the key issues that continues to be uh, why the Postal Service's finances look so difficult. Um, Another item to remember is that the Postal Service has the additional challenge uh, along with, you know, the, re the revenue really not increasing all that much year to year is that each year a million new delivery points get added to the Postal Service network. So, you know, that is another contributing factor to that overall labor and compensation and benefits is, you know, the logistical challenge of every year. They've got a million additional delivery points that they've got to build into their network. So that cost just continues to grow. Uh, one of the things on that point is that transportation costs rose from $7.2 billion to $7.9 billion. And I know many in the mailing industry have also seen transportation costs going up and that the cost to be able to drop ship mail has increased just because of the demand for trucks and you know and the cost of fuel going up and all of that is making it log logistically more difficult to essentially justify the uh, being able to drop ship from the postage savings that are received. Um, the Postal Service also noted that um, it's going to default on the $6.9 billion payment that they're supposed to make to the U.S. Treasury at the end of the year. And again, that $6.9 billion is to help pre-fund retiree benefits. So again, this all points to um, the need for postal reform and additional speculation around what may or may not happen. So, you know, we've talked a little bit about, you know, the election results. 
um, the Democrats now have are going to be taking over the House. Uh, the Republicans are going to retain control of the Senate. And this sets up the exact same situation that occurred back in 2006 when PAEA was passed, which is the Postal Accountability and Enhancement Act. And so the question is, is, you know, there's still a need for postal reform uh, to help with the prefunding requirements and and all of that. And is this going to be an opportunity for the Republicans to do something in the lame duck session to pass postal reform while they still have control of both the House and the Senate until we get into next year? Okay, thank you for for um, that update, Bob. So our next topic has to do with the governors who approved the 2019 financial plan. Um, and I know there's a lot going on right now. <laughs> so can you tell us a bit more about uh, how that plan will impact our listeners or what you know so far? Yeah, you know, and again, you know, if, if uh, the results for 2018 weren't gloomy enough, then let, <laughs> let's look <laughs> into uh, 2019, which unfortunately is looking a little bit gray as well, um, at least when from a postal service financial picture. Um, so with the fact that we now officially have two governors, uh, they've been busy working with the Postal Service. And yes, as you know, one of the things that they did was they approved the financial plan for 2019, which is essentially essentially the budget that they are going to be working against. Um, and it's not looking great. Uh, when you look at, you know, we talked about total mail volume uh, for uh, 2018. It came in at a $146.4 billion. Uh, the Postal Service is predicting that mail volume will continue to fall in 2019, and they are predicting mail volume for 2019 to come in at $143.7 billion. So from $146.4 down to $143.7. So unfortunately, uh, with that, there is also the impact on revenue. Uh, revenue is it still because of the price change that's going into effect in January. Revenue is still expected to grow from 70.8 billion to 72.1 billion. However, um, even with that increase in revenue, um, they're still predicting a net loss. And you know, as as just a reminder, the net loss for 2018 was 3.9 billion dollars. If we look at 2019, they're predicting their net loss to be 6.6 billion. So. That, that's almost, well, a little bit more than two million, two, sorry, two and a half billion dollar increase in net loss. So, you know, um, obviously the Postal, the Board of Governors noted their concern about approving a budget that looks that bad, <laughs> but it, it's really kind of this, the hand that they're dealt. And one of the things that they're going to need to continue to do is work with Postal Service Management. And, you know, I know the, the Postmaster General has talked about, you know, aggressive management actions to control costs. I think that's something that they're going to have to continue to try and work towards uh, as we continue into 2019. That makes sense. Well, thank you, Bob. So our last story has to do with something happening in Seattle. So I'm not, I, want, I don't want to give anything away. Why don't you go ahead and tell us what it is? 
All right. Yes. And and so this is this is an interesting story, and it's actually uh, not it's not a postal service story. It's a uh, UPS, United Parcel Service story, and that's uh, something that I, I just came across here. I I haven't been able to see one yet, but I'm going to be looking for this. The U, UPS is launching cargo e-bikes in Seattle, and so what these are are they are electronically assisted bikes with a modular package delivery cargo trailer. So it's essentially a bike with a cargo trailer. Um, they noted that these tests started on November 5th and they're testing it around Pike's Place Market. And I guess for those that may or may not know, uh, Quadient has an office in Seattle. That's the office I'm based off of. And it's really only a couple of blocks away from Pike's Place Market. So one of the things I need to do is make a point of maybe walking down there and, and kind of walking around and seeing if I can uh, get a picture of these uh uh, modular these uh, modular package delivery cargo trailers, but apparently the way they're going to work is UPS will a UPS truck will drop off a container containing four of these cargo trailers, and each one of these trailers can hold up to 400 pounds of packages, and then the bike can hitch up to these trailers and go around and make deliveries, and then once you know the one trailer has been delivered, they can come back hook on to the next one and take the next one out. And so uh, UPS is using this as a test to study how to best use these these e-bikes in more urban areas. So it'll be interesting to see how this works out. It, it, it seems like a very interesting concept for uh, yeah. delivery within bigger cities. Yeah, for sure. So with that, we'll wrap up this episode here. Our next episode will be on the week of December 10th. And I believe that's the last one for this year. Um, if you would like for us to cover a specific topic or if you have any questions, please email us at postalaffairs.quantum.com. For now, Bob, thank you so much for um, talking to us today and telling us everything about all these updates and the price changes. Um, and we'll uh, hope to hear more information from you very, very soon because I'm sure everybody's waiting to, to learn more about what's going on with that. Yes. And so, I, I, you know, it's crazy how quickly this this year is coming to an end. And so, uh, yes, we will have one more before the end of the year. But even now, I just want to take the opportunity that I hope everyone out there has very enjoyable holidays, you know, the, the Thanksgiving break. And now as we head into uh, the end of the year holidays, um, I hope everyone has a very festive time. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving, Bob. I hope you had a great time. Bye. Bye.